Hold on to that feeling. Ah! Right. <laughs> At least I didn't say. Red, orange, yellow, blue, green, indigo, violet. <laughs> Colors of the spectrum. I just show up and speak into this black thing. Welcome back to another episode of the Gun Show Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Fuller, and I've got Martin Davis here. Hello. And Alan Gilman's with me. Hello. And William Petty. Kenichiwa. And I guess the biggest thing on everybody's mind is the uh, recent election from uh, last week this time. There was an election? What? Well, there was... No. I mean, there was supposed to be one, but it was canceled. I heard it was uh, fixed. Uh. Yeah. They fixed it. Our local precinct people, it was it was knocked down and drag out. It was crazy. <laughs> I stayed up all night waiting for those results. <laughs> Alan did. Alan had a glass I, of wine while waiting I for did. his results. A Pinot you didn't Grigio. stay up that late. I had a Pinot Grigio. How did you stay awake? I had to wait for Ohio and Virginia to come in. And who knew who our next constable was going to be? I mean... <laughs> Riveting. That's important stuff. Really riveting. Yeah. Actually, did you know you? what? I, I did stay up and watch it because my wife's uh, kind of a nerd like that. Yes, she is. Political science major. I thought so. you were yes. going to say she was related to Obama. Wow. Well, we like to try to keep that on the DL. Yeah. You know. She's Kenyan? Why would you speak? What? No, Hawaiian. Oh, that's yeah. what I said. Yeah, I said funny. Hawaiian. <laughs> What'd I say? Kenyan. No, no, he ridiculous. did not say that. That's ridiculous. So, what do we think this uh, this election is going to do to us here? Well, a lot of people. I just listened to a newscast on the way over that the, the Obama was saying he had a mandate from the middle class, and I'm like, uh, I don't think that's a mandate. I think the mandate of the people is they want a divided government. That's what I got from it. I mean, you had uh, you had the urban areas uh, go highly uh, Obama and everywhere else go Romney. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I noticed that in the maps. Yeah. When you're watching it, you'd see these little tiny red specks, and the whole state would be, or uh, the whole state would be right. red, and you'd see little tiny blue specks in yeah. there. If you go by precincts, you know, even in Texas, the southern border areas went uh, Obama. Um, the urban areas were split right down the middle, and everywhere else was Romney. Right. So, I mean, every and you saw that repeated uh, again and again. And I don't know what that says. Uh, How would you feel if your boss came into you and said, "Came into you? Well, <laughs> you you have your job by fifty one percent." I mean, that's wait, what? I'm you know, like like now. he like he, he he says you barely got it. You barely got it. Oh, uh, I'd be happy. That's a win. <laughs> you, you keep your job, but half the people don't like you. Really don't. Well, how's that different hey, than now? Actually, I'm just surprised that he tried so hard since he gets the the yearly presidential, you know, annual salary for the rest of his life. I don't even know why he tried hard again. And the Nobel power. Prize. It's about power. Well, at that point, you're you're well. Anybody who's going to run for the president has to be some sort of narcissistic hubris. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, they're going to want that extra four years. It's it's a win. Can I have a? Do you know what that word means? Hubris. Yes. Yes. Country of origin, please. Narcissistic from those in power. Okay, we can go with that. A sense of greatness in myself. Yeah. I was trying to think of. Um, Why is Alan twitching? When Confucius, he says that? calm down over there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know which one of you got him a dictionary for his birthday, but uh, let's uh, let's cut that out. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so let's be honest here. The last time this guy was elected, there was a major run on guns and ammo and accessories, and it was hard to come by anything. I noticed a small little bit of increase on that already. There was a de- definite Are we spike. looking at like another assault weapons ban coming? I'm going to say it. I'm going to throw it out there. Well, um, less, than, less than 24 hours uh, after the election, the Second Amendment Foundation issued an alert 
saying Obama had contacted um, the UN or something, UN. and he UN. was he was backing the quote unquote UN Small Arms Treaty. But which, that's just for like twenty two longs and stuff, right? No, small arms. It's for small those arms. weapons, like he said in the debate, those weapons that shouldn't be in the hands of just. Well, people in his town. If Chicago, that goes through, some of the as Alan's going to be really in trouble. Yeah, small arms. The small arms treaty. The oh, I get it. That's <laughs> that's clever. You said twenty two long, and yeah, yeah, that's good pun. That's that, funny. That is that's that, good. I like that. Well, I think there are two it's, extremes on this. There's there's one extreme where he's going to take all our guns, and then the other extreme is thank goodness somebody's going to take all their guns. So I think the answer somewhere in the middle. Uh, what, the middle where you licked your lips or the middle where you gave us both examples? Neither one of those. Oh, okay. So somewhere the, the answer is in the middle. And, and when I was driving over here listening to the radio, this Benghazi thing had better go away because he's going to spend too much time scrambling around that one Well, until it goes away. Yeah, but he's, and, and got, he's, he's got four more years. He can bleed this Benghazi Petraeus nonsense for another year and then do whatever he wants, right? Yeah, I'm not concerned about anyone taking my guns, really. I, I, you know, I know that that there are circles within the community that that flip out and they are they're worried about, oh, Obama's going to take all of our guns. And I know that that the sales spiked right after the election oh, and, and yeah. things like that. But I honestly, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm more of a throw caution to the wind. But um, yeah, and I, I just don't buy into all the hype that Obama's going to come in, take all of our guns. We're not going to have, you know, they're going to go door by door and, and throw them in the street and light them on fire and, and run a steamroller over them. I, I think it was the second debate. He pretty much laid out what he's going to do. I mean, he just he just said it, and that is he doesn't think that certain guns belong on the streets that belong on the battlefield, and that's what he said. Well, listen, that's just that's a talking point against an assault weapons ban, and everybody on the left has that talking point in their pocket. Um, he also mentioned uh, cheap handguns. He said specifically, I, the people I know aren't getting killed with assault weapons are getting killed with cheap handguns. So right? Infinity is, they're good. They don't have to worry. <laughs> well, it depends. And the melting point laws in some states, when they when they go by cheap handguns, they usually institute a melting point law. If the frame of a handgun melts at X degrees, it's illegal. You can't sell it here. And sometimes they forget to exclude polymer frame guns, and now, yeah, all your polymer frame guns are now illegal. So the 2011, gone. Sorry, buddy. Not my infinity. <laughs> and your high point. And my high point. <laughs> hey, you know what? Get off my high point. Hey, at least his high point off yours. All, all your Glocks are gone, though, if, if they write it badly. Yeah, there are some jurisdictions where you can't buy Glock because of the melting point Did he just say Glocks? Glock. Yeah. He does say Glock. He does I that like for you. Grok. He does that for you. Never read Dick Marchenko? No. Why do you got to be like that? No. What? I think it's, it's a ginger. You know thing. it's funny. You're laughing. <laughs> some change is going to come about. I think because. if they could push anything through, they would. However, with the Congress uh, being half Democrat, half Republican, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to get anything measurable through. I mean, little stuff here and there, just like they always have, just like the Clintons did. Um, but nothing big, no. no. There's not going to be a assault weapons ban. Maybe not, maybe not nationwide. You know, obviously we got a post on the Facebook there about the Chicago uh, $25 sales tax oh, for yeah. firearms. So something we may not see something on a large scale um, nationwide type uh, bill come into play, but um, local entities are, are well within their right to. Well, Scott, what about that? What are, what's the $25 tax about? 
Uh, the city of Chicago was trying to pass a $25, you know, I don't know, violence anti- tax anti-violence right? tax. Yeah. yeah, they were going to push a bullet tax all of Chris Rock, but they decided to uh, push a, a fire. I don't think you can buy. Can you even buy a pistol in Chicago? Didn't they? Cook, Cook County. It's yeah. Cook County. Yeah. I don't even. I, uh, anyways, so they pass this uh, $25 tax, and uh, they're going to try to tax them to death so people won't buy them. So but... what is this? Every time I want to buy a gun, i got to pay $25? Or what do we look? What is? Yeah, basically. I mean, it's another form of, uh, you know, it's another form of trying to repress it without actually going through the, you know, we're going to ban all handguns. Because they know they can't do that because so of Howard, the Howard McDonald. Possible firearm you can well, just to get your money's this worth. Is you know, there's just, no sense in spending right. twenty five dollars yeah, to yeah. get a you know twenty two. Yeah, no, no, no. Get a fifty. Yeah, and get a fifty. Yeah, a fifty. Deagle. <laughs> get a fifty deagle. So the um, but what this reminds me of when you when you put an arbitrary number on this like twenty five bucks. I mean that seems like well okay a Glock is six hundred bucks. You put twenty five dollars on it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a tax. Okay, it doesn't hurt too much. The people that can afford a Glock can afford twenty five more bucks on top of it, right? I can't. And but but this reminds me of the uh, the NFA tax, right? The two hundred dollars because when they right. passed the two hundred dollars, that was a big amount. It was supposed to be prohibitive, right? And now it's two hundred dollars. Like, well, it's a little bit more, but you know, it's worth it to me to get a suppressor because I'm spending you know six to twelve hundred dollars on a suppressor, or I'm spending God forbid ten thousand of one hundred fifty thousand dollars on a machine gun, or God you know, forbid, yeah, or six hundred dollars on a SBR lower or something like that. Well, that, know, so that, that's my concern: is the slippery slope. There, there are people out there that would jump all over that uh, the California bunch, and they slowly erode that kind of stuff, and they make it sound logical at first. Their first statement: it's only twenty five bucks. Who's going to argue with that? Like you said, look, we've proven that these they, people want to ban all private ownership of firearms. I agree. Period. That's all they want. What they can get is a twenty five dollar tax. What they can get is you can't open carry in California. This is what they can get away with. This is what they can push through. Now, on the other side, I think we're winning. I don't think this is a, this this will count as a loss anyways. I think the Second Amendment Foundation is still going to continue to win things in the Supreme Court. And I think we're going to continue to win more and more rights. Did you guys buy anything after the Obama election? Uh, no, I, I'm, I, I didn't did. go out and buy anything I got specifically. And some socks. Actually, and, no, I, oh, take that back. I take that back. I did buy a few PMAGs, but that was A, because they were on sale and free shipping. So I, I, I've been buying, not not panic buying for the last three to, th- three, three to six months, Post-it. just stocking up on stuff because That's I knew the price up. would go yeah, up. It's good to stock up. And it has. Well, you know, I actually said to somebody, I said, I'm not panic buying. And they said, well, why are you buying it now? I was like, ah, you know, just in case it, you know, just what you said, in case it's not there. And they go, oh, panic buying. So <laughs> technically, it's kind of panic buying. Like, it, the logic is sound enough. It's the same thing, right? Do you, now, do you guys stock up? Is that something that you act ammo for? I have, I have you gotta have an ample ammo amounts of ammo. I really? wouldn't say it's tons of it, but I, I have ample amount. Yeah. Well, I know Petty was going to switch you? to a slingshot. So <laughs> I, it's cost effective and the carpal tunnel. And We've they, got some really nice slingshots of ammo those. around for that. There is. Um, I don't really necessarily go out and and stock up. I have certain limits where I don't like to go below when I'm going to shoot or something like that. Yeah. I but I wouldn't say that I I have like 
thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds. But if I did, I still wouldn't say I did. I, I tend to stock up when I can, but I don't. You as know. Martin says, as he's sitting on top of 12 ammo yeah. cans. Well, <laughs> the table's made out of, you know, I think this is 30 out 6, isn't it? What is this? Anyways, the uh, 308. Yeah. If you can't build an ammo fort, you probably could use some more ammo. I mean, I guess it depends on how much you shoot a year and, you know. I think it's a different I have feet. enough ammo that I could build a body how many, fort uh, and Nagant then still defend it. Nagant? Yeah. Oh, I've that's got crazy. ample Nagant. Got a couple hundred thousand rounds of Nagant. Well, that's yeah. because you can yeah. buy them for like what three bucks or something like that. No, Don't they, they throw that stuff away? Very expensive. Oh, they throw the guns away. The ammo's expensive. The, the ammo's right. good because the brass is worth more than the gun. <laughs> okay, so basically, but, well, how once about it's that? loaded, it's doubled but, its but value. Let me say something. Let me say something. <laughs> say it. I, I think it's two words: prepared or paranoid. And I think if you're buying ammo. To be prepared. Everybody Ooh, should be. One of my be. favorite sayings is, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. So just because you're paranoid doesn't mean that you're not preparing. Well, I you know, know they're I mean? after me. I saw some things about the, uh, you know, uh, segueing into the Hurricane Sandy business. I saw some people who had uh, prepared by going out and buying a generator. So now they get a Jenny to run whatever. And the power goes out. And so they're set. Only now they have to go down and wait in line at the gas. gas. So being... Which was non-existent. Getting the generator gas smart. Gas gone. Now having 60 or 80 gallons worth of gas stashed somewhere would probably be prepared. That's the under same, the bed? That's the same <laughs> argument. We stash all of our gas under the bed. I, would, I did that once, and the fumes after I'm three little, or four months... That's how he I'm got married and had a kid. It's a little... I'm a little the, wait, the gasoline fumes got to him a little bit. Is so that why he's losing all of his hair? I don't. No, that's heredity. You sure? Oh. Are you and, but you know what? I'm really confused. That's how he had gotten married. Wait, he's no longer married. Oh, the gasoline. And that's where his really uh, fire crotch name came from wow. as well. Oh yeah. Oh, just, speaking of fire. Crotch. Wait, wait, wait! I just noticed. And I know our listeners can't see this, but Scott has a Fu Manchu. It's Movember, dude. Know, I, I know, but it is awesome. I, I this resemble up. that remark. Yeah, it's not. It's Mo actually Vimber? more of a more of a Hulk Hogan look. Uh, uh, it's more of a biker thing. Isn't yeah, it? I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna go get my bike. Well, man. and on yeah. that note, Happy No Shave November to everybody. <laughs> I, I'm I haven't shaved since the first of November, you and I look tell. like I have face cancer. You <laughs> do. You really should see There's, a doctor there, about that. I, <laughs> I can't help it. I, just, I haven't I cannot... seen facial hair that spotty in I don't know how long. <laughs> Since the mirror? He's got a stage oh, four I beard. I, I saw you fix that, by the way. Thank you. I couldn't help it. <laughs> it was bad. It was terrible. I hate my facial hair. <laughs> I, I, You know what? Stage four beard. But what's you guys, great, what's great I, about I'm this sticking to my guns. is he hasn't shaved it since, what, 14 days ago? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it looks, and it looks oh, like no, Scott after not shaving for one day. <laughs> That's not true. Hey, hey, hey. This that doesn't look anything face. like me. Facial hair is important to him. It really is. Let's, no, I know on that. On what level? I can't no, wait to put some beads in it. Facial hair is important to you. I'm very I'm very proud of you. You're it just, looks nice. You just want everybody to grow a beard like, a like you. Yeah, a big boy. Wow. So where Alan's beard is not gray, it looks like a biker <laughs> beard itself. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I would look, say it's look a mess. Alan is that compi combined no, with his. Uh, he's actually wearing a shirt today. I'm reaching out. He does look like right lumberjacky. Yeah, like the brawny man. But yeah. listen, but every, not the so old, old, older old, brawny man. Alan's, shorter, much shorter. <laughs> Alan's beard is less just a prosthetic shape. chin. Come on, <laughs> less, let's face it. Less brawny. <laughs> 
Hey, at least he's got enough wow. uh, paper towels to wipe up his tears from tonight. <laughs> Let's be nice. What were we even talking about? I oh, No Shave November, and then before that, <laughs> I think we're done we with the stock election. Up? At think, some point, yeah. I think we talked about the election, but I don't know if we yeah, got... I think we started no, I, with the election. I, I think where we were, at least I was. I don't want to talk about the election, is basically what I was going Well, there's two extremes, and Are the we truth is... Again? Well, but the truth is somewhere in the middle, and... You know, it's in the gray area. It is in the gray area. Oh. Thank you, Buddha. And, and and to be honest, I think this Benghazi thing. I mean, this this has been a regime of complete chaos and corruption. And he's ah. starting his new he's starting his new presidency with Benghazi and Petraeus, and now it's bled over to a general look. If anybody thinks, and this is my personal opinion. If anybody thinks that it matters if there's a D or an R after the dude's name who's living at 1600 Pennsylvania, in the big picture of things, I mean in the daily life and the daily routines and the big picture and the future of all of us, I, I just think you're just deluding yourself if you think that that really matters. Does it? Wow. Nothing. So. Wow. I can cut that. I don't know. But when, when, <laughs> I don't really know what to say to that. <laughs> kind of went deep there, man. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to get that deep. Everybody Jeez. was just kind of like, all right. I mean, Well, I, you think a Romney um, regime would be any different than an Obama regime? It's regime. You know what? Romney, with Romney in power, at least the press would be all over him. You'd learn about every little thing that went wrong, as opposed to Obama, who the press gives a pass on a lot of stuff. Well, Romney was not pro-gun. Well, he's not anti-gun either, but no, he's right in the middle. Yeah. He's, he's just a governor. Of well, but he was lucky for Allen. Whether they go pro or anti-gun, is that all fifty-seven of his black powder musket loaders, muzzle loaders, don't count? Not in this state. Yeah, he. You go okay. out of state, you got to be careful. I think Massachusetts actually. I think black powder guns are firearms. I think that's one of like the three states where but they. But they're are. not serialized usually, are they? No. So how does no, that they work? Do not they're have. not. They're not. They're not firearms under the ATF. ATF doesn't. No, federally no, but statewide, some states they are firearms. They can show up to yeah. your door. Yeah, they don't yeah. have a serial number on them. Nope. Well, it's like uh, pre eighteen eighty nine, eighteen ninety. What is it? After it's X amount of years old, the ATF says it's not a firearm anymore. It's, it's an antique. That's like oh, it's not it, even a gun anymore. Like when yeah, you're yeah, Kimber. Like your Kimber. and relics. Like my my Kimber. Yeah, yeah like your wow. Kimber. I think it's got a couple more years. Wow. And then it's not a gun. All right, so we got some uh, listener questions that came through. Uh, we got uh, Kevin Lipsky. He's uh, on November eighth. He says that he uh, re- recently bought a Colt 6920. It's Good his choice, first Kevin. AR. Shout out to Kevin. Thank you for listening. I didn't mean to throw you. No, it's okay. He says thank you. <laughs> I just got the text. He says thank you. Oh, okay. Um, it goes. It streams live to Kevin's place. Just, just to Kevin. Um, he says today. The rest to of you mere mortals have to wait two weeks. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll be two days from now. But wait, I close. can't do math. He says, today I took it to the range for the first time. I was really excited to give it a go. I had five magazines filled with Monarch 55 grain 223. First magazine was a U.S. government issued 30 round magazine. No problems. Fired 20 rounds without any issue. Next four mags were Magpul P Mag 30 round magazines. With every mag, I had multiple misfeeds and failures to feed. My question is, is that what I get for buying A, cheap ammo, B, cheap mags, or is there something in common to firing a brand new rifle for the first time? For the record, not a single round that was actually chambered failed to fire. Also, I loaded the magazine six days in anticipation to going to the range the next morning, but events transpired that pushed it to another day. 
so the magazine set fully loaded for a week before firing. All five, not just the P mags. Do I just need to spend more money on better mags? And if so, what mags do you recommend? Or is there something I can do with the mags I currently own to ensure there are no misfeeds in the future? Or do I need to just stop buying $5 ammo? One word, bayonet. How many questions was that? One question. Wait. Oh. In six parts. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, as to the part 1A, uh, we'll call it first. Uh, 1A-B. Yeah, 1A-B. Um, you know, rifles can have a breaking in period. Usually the Colts don't. They're pretty good about that, but uh, they can. Um, make sure it's well lubricated. Uh, as far as the the ammo, your gun may or may not like cheap ammo. Um, on AR-15s, it's kind of hit or miss whether they like the steel case cheap stuff. Like Monarch, um, your can first that, can that sixty nine twenty be a, a mid length or rifle length, or is no. it going to be a carbine length? It's gas just carbine. System? Okay, yeah, it's just carbine. Um, so it sounds like it ran out of the GI mag. I fired thousands of rounds through GI mags. Haven't had many issues. How many? Thousands. thousands. <laughs> right on. Too many to count. Um, I fired lots of rounds out of P mags. Also, I've never had any trouble with those either. No, those um, are. And he asks, he asks, are those cheap magazines? No, absolutely not. The no, magazines they're are inexpensive, fine. but they're great magazines. Yeah, no, they run fine. Well, GI mags are the same way. They're, if you catch them on sale, they're what eight bucks a pop. And they're I don't great like GI magazines. Mags. You, you know, don't like them? They they do wear out quicker. I'll give you that. Oh yeah. If you find, if I'll what find wear, a bad wait, what mag, wears out quicker. The GI mag. Okay. The aluminum body GI mags, the feed lips will spread. The It'll get dented. It'll get twisted. Somebody will step on it. It'll be on the front of your gear, and you'll flop down in the prone position and squish them. I mean, they can get damaged, but as far as uh, they're still great, reliable mags for well, 8 bucks a pop. Another thing with, with newer rifles and that particular ammo, it's not that the ammo is so cheap. It's that in manufacturers like Monarch where you have steel casings, um, the tolerances aren't there. So you'll find batches where they're off by just a hair as far as being too long or being too short. And that can also cause um, loading problems. Like oh, if sure. You're, if yeah. you're running a handgun and you're having issues with a particular uh, jacketed hollow point or a particular type of load, um, a lot of the times what you'll see is that there is either a, a, an issue with the nose, the nose doesn't like the feeding ramp, or that the tolerances are off. So not on the gun, but on the on the round itself. And basically what you're saying by that is it seems like he might have loaded one box, a 20 in each one, and that first box that he loaded into that GI mag could have been from a completely different lot that didn't have any issues. It could be a lot of things. It, yeah, it, it's, not, yeah. it's not to say that I would look at it as kind of being a fluke. I'd take it home. I would just kind of oil it up, lube. check everything. Yeah, lube or, everything up. You know, up. lube it up. Um he, and he asked a good question that a lot of people have, and that is, do firearms need a breaking in period? Some of them do. Some of them don't. I mean, I mean, if you had taken that same Colt out and ran, you know, GI spec, you know, fill in the blank, XM1A3, uh, XM855 ball, it might have ran like a top. But, you know, you were using the cheaper, lower powered, like you said, the QC on that ammo is not there. Um, and you know, may have some hiccups. Well, and, the, and also, did he did did he go home and did he wipe off all of the original oil that comes on it? Because a lot of times you want to get that thick. That oil's a lot thicker. Well, yeah, if it's and got you want to go ahead and, and it, you want to yeah. go ahead and wipe that off and then lube it with yeah, a lot anything people, but rim oil, <laughs> a lot and of, you would be good. <laughs> a lot of people are are mistaken. That that is like a preservative in a food. That is not to shoot. 
Right. Uh, and I've heard I've heard people from gun stores and farm structures, oh. oh, you just shoot that stuff right until it runs dry, and then no. you put the new. No. That is like take that is like off. something you inject. That's like MSG. You inject it into the food <laughs> to keep it stable until the poor person comes along and eats it. I think it. prior to every duty day, um, and you guys. Uh, you said duty. Yeah, I said duty. And you guys chime in with this one. I, um, I know prior to every day that I'm going to shoot my rifle, prior to every range session, prior to every competition, take my guns out and lubricate them. Chime. And, Bing. you know, I would do the same if I was going on duty. And, you know, the few times I have gone on duty with a firearm, I did the same thing. Every morning, lube it up. You know, you're good for the rest of the day. You don't worry about it. And I think you should do that before every range session, including the first one. You know, I, I the think. The firearm. The gun. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes. So you were awkwardly <laughs> another aroused. thing uh, I think was mentioned was the loaded magazine thing, and I want to go ahead and uh, that's one of those uh, gun store urban myths that loaded mags. Uh, I don't know somehow the springs get set, quote unquote, or they get worn, quote unquote. They just um, get lazy. They, they, well, they're springs. You know, they haven't done anything in a while. They get set in their ways. No. Listen, springs wear out by uh, compression and decompression. That's the only way you can wear on a spring. So springs do go bad, don't get me wrong, but they don't go bad by having rounds loaded in them and left sitting. I cannot tell you from years of running a law enforcement range how many times we ran quals, people would show up with their duty ammo to shoot, and there would be the, the magazine would be halfway loaded. I'm talking about people that are 10-8, taking calls, that didn't surprise me. And, and you ask them. Because <laughs> they don't want to wear out what, the spring. What's going on? And that's exactly oh, what they've told me. No. Well, I don't want to wear out the spring. So and then I downloaded I walk them, it? Then I oh, walk them painful. To, the, to this massive box the size of a refrigerator and show them thousands upon thousands of Glock magazine springs and be like, don't worry about it. It's, it's you wear it out, I'll swap it out. Man. I will give you all <laughs> the springs gonna, you want. I'm going to swap you out with one that I had in my magazine, and it's still going to work just fine. And in this case, <laughs> we're talking about eight to eleven dollar magazines, right? That's now, cheap. Hey, the gun's a thousand dollars. Actually, with the P mags, right. you do want to keep that cover on it because the the cover that they put over the top of the well, P mags. I know, I know, but at the same time, that is something that guess they what say. They quit shipping the P mags with. Uh, that's not true. They, I just got them. No, no. Guess what? They just the ones you got shipped before. The new, the new Gen Three mag. No, the Gen Three mag comes with a dust cover. The old mag, which is now called the Mo, the ones you have, it's yes. now called the M Two Mo. Guess what? It doesn't come with a dust cover. I was going to say a spring. <laughs> no, it comes with a spring. <laughs> oh, okay. So it does come with a spring. I was getting a little worried. No. <laughs> No, they, it they doesn't come with a follower. With a dust, so a, doesn't well, need a dust piece. cover. I sound like I feel yeah. like mine was a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> why no, the but, dust cover is good. Why, the, why does, the dust cover? I mean, I'm not a. Well, what it was supposed to do, what they came out and they said was it was going to keep the the pressure of the rounds off the feed lips, mm -hmm. and that was the main reason for it. And also, if you were to drop it with the pressure on the feed lips, this thing supposedly can take being ran over by a truck and thrown out, but don't heaven forbid drop it. You know, on its lips. I think you know. it's an extra measure of security. You know what? I will what? say this, though, bringing on that. I did drop a Surefire 100-round magazine. Boom. Literally detonated on me. Is and I dropped it from... Waterfall. You know, stomach high. So for me... Why are you pointing at your nipple? For me, well, it was close. Cause I'm, I, once again, Petty. Can I? Well, awkwardly can I, right, right around. Here? Yeah, right here. Not here. Not there. But here. Right up uh, there. Okay. Right lower, there. A little bit lower? Yeah. Here. Right 
lower? Well, for right me, there. for me, you when know, I dropped it, it was about it was about three and a half to four feet high, and then Alan dropped it the same thing, but it only fell about a foot. Oh, so I mean, oh, wow. I was gonna feed you that. Wow, one. I was. I was gonna feed you that one. <laughs> three to four feet, so it was over my head. Yeah, yeah. See, it hit Alan on the head on the way down. <laughs> I was actually jumping to get that high. <laughs> no, but uh, but it detonated, and I've dropped plenty of people. Yeah. Where I was going with this, I've dropped. P-Mags, I've literally dropped them downstairs, fully loaded, trying to get to where I'm trying to go through to the range. I live in an apartment, so I dropped it down the stairs. That's much more efficient than rolling down it, the stairs. It would have been well, cooler if you'd P-Mags. said I was on an active shooter call or something like that. <laughs> yeah, back up and no, no, go no, with that. No, okay. I was the active shooter, and I dropped it. No. No, my official recommendation. Um, but I have. I've dropped. I dropped it down a flight of stairs, an entire flight of stairs, and picked it up, used it at the range that day, and didn't have a single problem with it. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap this up, tie it up in a pretty little ribbon. Uh, P mags good. Uh, USGI mags not as good, but still good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Monarch ammo eh, not so good, but not yeah, not awful. not horrible. If yeah. the tolerances yeah. are going to work, if the if the yeah. If it works, it's not bad. Yeah. Colt 6920, outstanding. I, I can, yeah, you Great can't gun. really buy a better rifle without a little spending break-in period. too much money. Our next item, actually, we have is from a Michael Malarcy. Um, he says, hey, he's uh, been listening to the show, and he really likes it. He says he's listener number eight by now, right? <laughs> uh, which I think by Scott's calculations is probably correct. Yeah, I, I did the math, and uh, we had ten last week, so I think we have eight this week. Wait, but, wait what? But a... He says, I live in Texas, the great state that just let me buy a Glock 19 and the Smith & Wesson 642 for my wife. Why is this cool? Well, because I'm totally blind. I lost my sight in Afghanistan in 2010 and recently learned that in Chicago, it is illegal for anyone legally blind to purchase a handgun. I wasn't aware that being blind in Chicago means you don't have the same rights as everyone else. What do you guys think about this? Do blind people with guns scare you? Last time I was at the range, I shot at 10, 15, and 21 feet and didn't have a single round outside the 8 ring. I know some sighted people I can probably still outshoot while running. Blind does not equal incompetent. I don't think that just because someone is blind that they should be treated like a felon. Just wanted to see what you guys thought about this. Keep up the good work. Has Chicago seceded yet? (laughs) <laughs> Are they still in the U.S.? I mean, the rules change. Okay, there's there's several things going on here. Uh, I'm First really of all, impressed. People with guns scare me. That's okay. my answer. Okay, <laughs> okay. No one in Chicago has any rights, fundamental or otherwise. I mean, the place isn't rights friendly. Um, as far as uh, being blind in Chicago, not being able to buy a handgun, that doesn't surprise me the least bit. I'm surprised if a minority was allowed to buy a handgun in Chicago. That would surprise. That would surprise me. Um, as far as you know. It, if the Second Amendment, as the Heller McDonald uh, cases have shown, is a fundamental civil right, doesn't does being blind or crippled or you know fill in the blank any disability preclude you from exercising that right? It's like voting, right? Blind people can vote, old people can vote. You know, as long as you're over eighteen, you should be able to vote, and you're not a felon. Isn't it the same thing with owning a handgun? You know, I, in reading this, I was I was shocked that they would not allow the sale. I, I can understand right. it if a state wanted to impose, okay, we're not going to issue you a CHL, or okay, we're right. not going I, to yeah, issue you a, some sort of licensing process. Right. I can understand that. But to say you're not even allowed to go and purchase one blows my mind. It's outright discrimination. Yeah. Well, is there a Close form that they down. fill out? Are you legally blind? Trick here. Yes or no? I mean, how do they? How do you weed those people out? 
what if you don't have any arms or something like that and you can't use the firearm? Where do we draw that line? What's the difference between not having arms and being blind? They, that, that doesn't is, mean that I, he's... I agree. That is a slippery slope, and that is something that you have to be a certain age to buy a firearm. I got agree it. with. I got that. You yeah. committed some sort of crime, and you've lost that privilege or that right. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. I understand that. I, other than that, I can't. I can't think of anything. So I literally, so, you, you come into the gun store and you're intoxicated. Well, <laughs> or jacked, jacked up on smack. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I cocaine. can understand on cocaine. I can understand that too. But well, well here's it, the it's question: discrimination. Can an, a person with no arms, let's say, they they can't shoot a gun, they can't operate one, and maybe, like you said, you shouldn't give them a CHL Alan's permit. Alan's pretty close. Right. Yeah. Well, Legally, half. So. But on the other hand, they have a fundamental civil right to own them. Who says they can't own them, hang them on their wall, you know, have their helper? Well, it's so it, who's to say you can't have firearms that, you know, you hang on the wall, you look at, you own them. I mean, you right. can own a car, doesn't mean they have to give you a driver's license. You still have the fundamental right yeah, to you know purchase what? an that automobile. That is a good question. Yeah. So you got one of the most deadly weapons in the United States or, you know, most of the world. A nuclear missile? No. A car, okay, and you yeah. are legally blind. They're going to take your check if you walk in and yeah, you may not you get know, issued a grandpa. License. Grandpa can buy you a gun yeah. or buy you a car, so you're going to walk in. But gonna, drive, driving a car is not a right. What's well, not a, a right? It's a privilege. But owning a car, owning is. a gun, right, is your right. Yeah. It's Fundamental a, civil right. It's not a like it's voting, not a privilege. freedom of speech. Well, that's what they, I mean. Well, there are that, no restrictions on buying a money. car, though. They, yeah. The will government take a check will take its, the well, government will true. take its tax money sure. on that vehicle. You, you can't have the gun salesman yeah, being the pay Supreme Court. Yeah, you can't have Half you can't have the gun store salesman being the Supreme Court. It's outright discrimination. Well, I don't think that it's the gun store. The guy working behind that counter is saying he's oh, following a law. You can't. You can't. I'm yeah. not going to. They'd be. They'd be more than happy to sell you. A gun yeah. If the sure. city of well, Chicago it, gives you a list of things you I can't was sell to, yeah. be a checklist. You know. Yeah. He's got. Is he? Is this he, many fingers yeah. or this arm's gone at this length? Yeah. No. We should try just, to get a list of what Chicago will and won't sell. Are for. you a minority? It's Alan. Are you a member of a it up on our Facebook? Yeah. It's discriminatory. Do we know how to do that? It's that simple. What's our Facebook address if somebody want to come to it? www.facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. That's right. They can hit us up there. They can leave us uh, viewer questions or emails or what have you. Yeah, uh, that's actually how Kevin got a hold of us. Excellent. He sent us a message. Uh, Michael actually posted on our wall. So, oh, I mean, okay. we're, we're actively checking that. and Come out and check us out. Yeah, and I post get it a picture. on my smartphone. All right, and we're going to go to Petty with a training tip. <laughs> Starring William Petty as the trainer. So one of the things that often comes up on the range is training and training on a budget and with the economy the way it is and with as ammo and firearms and actual range time as expensive as it is, I thought one of the good things to be to talk about would be uh, training on a budget. So what do you do if you are cash strapped? Or basically poor, or slightly homeless like Alan. <laughs> he only looks that way. I'm glad we finally gave him a shirt, though. <laughs> I think he got that out of the Goodwill bin. It's a nice shirt. That's I a, like the fur. That's collar. a Badwill shirt if I've ever seen one. Badwill shirt. <laughs> okay, so, so training is... Training on a budget, and how to do it effectively, how to do it cost-effectively, those two can marry up. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars um, to go to a class across the country. You don't have to... Um, spend hundreds of dollars every week in order to stay proficient. One of the ways that, that you can train 
on a budget and still be effective is dry firing. And, you know, all the best shooters, um, both in the competitive shooter world and the tactical world, um, dry fire on a regular basis. The misconception with dry firing is that you can't do it. A, you can't do it. That's exactly right, that it's that it damages the firearm in some way. Um, and that's all I ever hear. Is it okay to dry fire this? Now, I think it's it's respectful to ask on someone else's gun, hey, can I dry fire your gun? Just to be a little bit respectful in case they are of that mentality. If you can't dry fire a gun, what do you always say? It Don't what, buy what, it. What, yeah. What? I always say that. You, right. That's why you finished the sentence for me. I didn't even know what you're talking about, but yes, I always say that. <laughs> If you can't dry fire, you yeah, always say that, but you it. never say that. I, I always it. say that, but I just couldn't remember okay. what I always say. He always freezes up. Um, yeah, so so dry firing, it'd be just like going to the gym. Um, you know, you're gonna have each day, you're gonna have a different major muscle group that you're gonna work out. Okay, today is my cardio day. Today is my chest day. Today is is my I'm gonna do legs or or what have you. And dry firing is that same that same way. You don't just stand in front of the mirror, quick draw a couple of times, and call it a day. So you really want to have a set of skills that you want to work through. Some of those skills could be um, reloads, attack reloads, speed reloads. Some of those could be malfunctions, working through your your class one, two, and three malfunctions. So your tap racks, your changing shirts brass. or jackets and seeing what you can draw out of and what you can't draw out of and how to make it effective to draw out of that. That's an excellent one. If you're a CHL and then that is something that you're um, concerned with uh, as the 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 weather changes and people are going to different jackets, heavier clothing. You know, the more layers of clothing you put on, the more layers of clothing you have to fight to to get to that weapon. Um, another thing is, is target transitioning. So there's positional shooting. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do dry firing. It's not just Alan standing in front of the, the mirror without a shirt, mm. quick drawing into it. <laughs> Although it can be that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it can be that. It's not just that, though. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, also, we're going to put a link on our Facebook to uh, Predator Tactical. Mike Burkett is is a, uh, an amazing instructor and and um, well known and respected in the industry. Anyways, he has a is it a, is set up in Flash Player, uh, the dry fire. Um, yeah, you sent those to me a little while back, and those are actually some great little. I actually, used those little, back when I was doing IDPA. That's yeah, fun stuff. Right yeah. on the, right on your screen, it kind of gives you you know moving targets and you know uh, pop ups and all that kind of stuff. Now they're not reactive unless you shoot your monitor, but um, it's still <laughs> you good. You can only to, do that once. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's still good to, to to have something there as a resource that's not a paper target. Well, it is it is good if you don't, especially if you don't have a pack timer. Um, so even if you want to use the pack timer feature on there, but not use the target. So let's say you're, you're set up on an array and you set up your pack timer. Um, and what I mean by pack timer is it's a, it's a, it's a beep, a timer basically that, that, um, gives you a set time to perform that skill set. Uh, so anyways, we'll put that on the Facebook page, um, or MySpace, www.myspace.myspace. Space. Now, actually, I think actually to go Facebook? along with that, I think they actually have an app for smartphones that is like a pack timer. They have a couple of three of them. I know. I think Surefire and Taurus, and there's one other one I've seen out there that are free for the iPhone for sure. Do you, Do you recommend Snap Caps? Does that help in any way, shape, or form? Those are Those are excellent and necessary if you're um, if you're running through your malfunctions. Right. Uh, also, something that that uh, will throw you off that I've noticed if if you uh, 
if you are running um, mag reloads and you're getting into you know you're getting into a, a pretty good rhythm with it, if you don't have that first round, that first snap cap on your magazines, it seeds actually different than if you just are seeding an empty magazine. So try that. Um, anyways, moving on, um, dry firing is an excellent way to do it. Um, local IDPA and USPSA matches. Um, if you've never shot one. They're great. It's 15 bucks, usually 15 or 20 dollars to go down and shoot. You can find one in the DFW area. You can you can find one almost every night. Um, yeah, I've seen a bunch of them. I used to do a Thursday night one. Uh, of course, weekends are easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some all over the area on the weekends, and uh, I think there's a Wednesday night one over in Dallas, and there might be one over in here in Fort Worth on a different night. I'm, it's it's an excellent way and a very cost effective way to go out and. You know, put 100, 150 rounds downrange with a with a minimal amount of overhead cost, and to evaluate your skills based on where your peer group is at, what they're shooting, and be inspired. And and every time that I go, I try to really hone in on some of the techniques that are being used and uh, transitions and things like that. Also, a lot of uh, there are a lot of providers out there that are are more cost effective than some of the bigger names. You have a lot of local uh, law enforcement entities that provide training, uh, individuals who have 10, 15, 20 years. I know that we talked about group six training is run by a, a local area. Um, now would you go that, off somebody that you recommend or other people recommend? Because I mean, who, who, how do you really know what you're going to get? You know, I mean, how, how does that work? I mean, I, I don't want to show up to a class and, and listen to what the guy has to say. And I'm thinking, oh, this is how I should have been doing it. This is what I should have I been doing. It, I think it depends on the money outlay. Well, you want to go to a lot of classes. You don't want okay, to go to one okay, person that's, and yeah, that's drink where I'm going from their with Kool-Aid it. and that be your only source. Right. And even if you go to other classes and you're like, you know what? I don't like these people. I like the way the first guy was doing it. Or maybe you go to a class and – but in in the local stuff, there's not there's usually not a big cash outlay. Like yeah. like you said, it's usually more you're cost not, efficient. You're not paying for travel. So and, let's and let's test the waters and see what's out there, and not just so so go into each one of these classes with an open mind and take what actually works for you, your body type, because that's a big thing too. Is body type comes into play when it comes to movement, what you can actually do, what kind of clothing you're wearing, and all that kind of stuff too, right? And I think it's important to realize that even, I mean, unless it's just a really, really awful instructor, there's some lesson to be learned there, right? Even yeah. if it's a tool you don't choose to put in your toolbox for later, maybe it's a something you can use to teach somebody else, or maybe it's a technique that works for another person and you can pass it along later. I don't know. You you definitely want to get the most for your money when you're when you go into training and you're paying for the training. But at the end of the day, if the the least you can take walk away with is I put rounds down range. Yeah. And it was trigger time. It trigger time is still trigger time. Yeah, you I know, agree with that. Even even if the instructor is is awful. Well, where would you go to find legitimate training? I mean, if you're the first timer out there looking for that, where where do you go? What do you search for? The easy for? way is the you... internet. You know, Google the trainer that you're thinking about taking a class from. See who teaches in your area. Google their names. Uh, maybe there's a local forum. Maybe there's an ARFCOM forum for your state. You know, you could ask about them there. Or you could just stay away from AR15.com. Well, anyways. Move the, out of the basement. <laughs> I didn't say you have to go to the general discussion and post 12,000 Oh, oh okay. You're just talking about very Yeah, you specific. go to the hometown okay. yeah, forum yeah, yeah, yeah. on ARFCOM yeah. for your state and ask about things. And they're and, usually pretty good about that sort of thing. And we love AR15.com if there's anyone listening from there. Well, yeah, only if they're listening. If, if they're not listening, we don't like them. If. Right. 
Yeah. No, nothing. So you just Google firearms training, local you firearms. Know, it, it's 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 um it's catch twenty two because at the end of the day, everyone's a firearms instructor, quote unquote. Everyone's an armchair ninja, quote unquote. But there are a lot of um you know guys that have ten, fifteen, twenty years that have been on tac teams that have um you know, decent or very good backgrounds that have extensive training capabilities, and they do train and teach at a fraction of the budget than if you packed up your bags and went to Mid-South, if you packed up your bags and went to Frontside, and I'm not advocating... What about Gunsight? Gunsight. I mean, Gunsight's great, aren't they? I'm not advocating any (laughs) of these places. I'm just just giving... I'm just, just, you know, giving a contrast here. are, Are you looking for certain... Uh, certifications? Is there something out there that just says this guy's legitimate as opposed to... I think it depends on what you're paying for it. If you're paying $400 for a daily class, I think you want this guy to be, you know, have a ton of... Yeah, a name. Uh, Have his own following. Have people who drink his Kool-Aid, you know? Uh, I think if you're paying a couple hundred bucks for a local class, you can go and take the chance. Because like you said, at the worst, at least you got rounds down range, right? Yeah, you get to shoot in a different environment too. I think know? word of mouth is important too. If you can ask around your local shooting range, um, you know, don't take everything what everybody says, and you probably know, don't ask the guy gospel. that's in the full tactical gear shooting his handgun at the range and shoots a box and then leaves. That's don't me. ask that with guy. The thigh so holster. you're you're telling people not to Multicam? ask me. That's what you're saying. Well, you you well, yeah, always walk I'm around in these pretty little shirts that say um, killer. "firearms instructor." Well, they're red. Yeah. I mean, well, do they have how to else be, am I going to get Do the they ladies? have to be fitted? That's, that's But there's no style. No, they look good. Yeah, I, why are you wearing the small? You are definitely a medium. I got these tailored. Now, I medium. will say that I got, that the, I got this T-shirt tailored, sir. <laughs> did, how did you shrink it so much? How much did it cost? No, I get them tailored on belly a button. toddler size. I get them tailored while wearing them. I mean, we can see your six pack. It looks good. I mean, it looks good on you. No, I do all my one handed malfunctions. I think running running my sights off my six pack. (laughs) I know where I'm washing my clothes tonight. (laughs) I think salmon was a good color for you. Well, thank you. I I do what I can. So, so there's no standardization certification out there, NRA or something that you can just go to and say, well, at least he has training other than Call of Duty. Are you are you asking me or are yes. you setting me up for a no, question, Alan? Because it seems yeah. like you would probably know. Uh, Sixteen years of law enforcement experience. That. Certification. Well, the uh-huh. NRA will certify just about anybody who takes a firearms instructor course. That's what <laughs> so. I, yeah. That doesn't mean much. It means something. At least they've had an NRA-certified firearms instructor course. Yeah, well, you know what? You can get a four-year degree if you go to college and you pass all your classes, too. It's ridiculous. Well, okay. me Alan, if you're asking if there's like this massive database where, you know, there are a, a, a pool of instructors that you can just go and pick and choose from, no. Okay. You're going to have to do your homework. You're going to have to look on the Internet. You're going to have the Internet's. You're going to have to, uh, you know, talk to your local people in the area, and it also depends on what you're what you're looking for. If you're looking for a tactical class, pick somebody that I don't know has experience on a tactical team. Yeah, that'd probably be a good idea, right? If you're looking for somebody, if you're looking to improve your USPSA game or or a competition type setup, then uh, a tactical guy would probably not be your best bet. Although. There are many people that are serve yeah, both roles crossover, sure. very, yeah. very well. But again, I would take a class from somebody who is a an IPSC master, or something. Yeah, yeah, USPSA yeah. Uh, GM or, or whatnot. If you're looking for a CHL CHL type class, if you're a CHL carrier and you're looking to improve that type of 
carry in your day-to-day life, then don't go to a basic SWAT school. That's not going to do you any good, you know. So a carbine class would probably be <laughs> out of the question. And we right. do have proper yeah. stack up procedure pictures <laughs> on our Facebook. Well, I was thrown. I was thrown because I saw stacking up, but I also saw stacking on. There was both. Yeah. It was definitely. Well, both. you can stack horizontally, but you can also stack vertically. Yeah, I saw that. So back to training on a budget. And I hear you budget. fit better when you stack vertically. Wow. Like you go together more like a Tetris piece. A spooning oh, at the range. There's a visual image we didn't need. Thank you. Thank you very much. Back um, to training on a dime. Let, let me ask a question. You're a first-time shooter out there. You're looking to buy a gun. Will be great to take to the range and, and start training. Is there a gun out there that kind of fits that role for the first-time buyer? Or is it a Glock 22 or 19? or? You know, I think it's I prefer important. something that's chrome. Uh, you know what? You, you know what? <laughs> You're bringing up a really good point. Nothing is perfect unless it works for you. So go to the range, test it out. Don't I, just I always buy something because someone yeah. said, don't buy that, don't buy that. Yeah, yeah. Buy don't something that us. fits in your don't hand. Don't listen to anybody. And then yeah. don't listen to the guy behind the counter going, that's not what you want. I can't tell you how many times I see a woman oh, yeah. standing at a gun uh. counter and the guy goes, that's not what you want. You know what? Maybe it is what she wants. Listen, she, maybe yeah. she it is. is a well, yeah. well-to-do, determined, independent woman, and that's what she wants. <laughs> what I always tell somebody is, well, here we go to a gun show. Maybe you're in a locale that doesn't have a gun show. Maybe you can go to a gun store that has a huge selection. Find the biggest selection of guns you can. Put your hands on all of them. Feel the ones that you like the best, the ones that feel the best in your hand. Then find a range that rents those guns. And go shoot those guns. I like, exactly. I like something that feels good best. in hand. So back to training on a dime. Okay. What do you think of the 22 conversion kits? I know we've talked about them on here before. I know Martin's a big fan of the 22 AR. Very big fan. Uh, we have some people at work that are big fans of the 22 conversions for Glocks and uh, Sigs and those. And the 1911 of things. ones. Like Signer, isn't he the one that does all that? Uh, yeah. I, I want to say I probably go with not, a Marvel. I would go with anyone but Signer. Yeah, if you can. But if you, can. if you can't find one and you're willing to wait a year and overpay for it, then go with a Signer kit. You know, there are some pros and cons, obviously, to training with a smaller caliber weapon than you would actually fight with. Uh, one of those, one of the pros, obviously, is the cost. You know, right. what is what is the going rate on a box of twenty two? Well, I mean, Walmart now it's a it's dollar. twenty it's twenty dollars to twenty one dollars for a five hundred and fifty brick yeah. of federal. Yeah, that's that's the going rate. On what, 550 134th the cost of good 5.56 ammo? I mean... It's three cents, I think, is what it Three cents around as opposed to 30 to 40 cents around for or good more 5.56 now. ammo. Uh, wow. it's, it's, That's a lot of ammo. Okay, yeah. so you can yeah. get a lot of ammo for practically next to nothing. Right. Uh, another, another pro to that is if you have it set up, and it is a true conversion, that you all the manipulations are staying the same, all of the positional stuff is staying the same, all the dynamical stuff is staying the dynamical stuff. I like that. Uh, yeah, right? I I'm writing that, that down. Up. I put that uh, on the Facebook. Damn, dynamical. Trademark. <laughs> uh, all of that. All of that stuff fundamentally stays the same. What the the cons of uh, of the 22 conversion are? Is it as reliable as your as your primary? No. And I would argue that it's not going to right. be. Right. Yeah. It's just not um, going to be. So I don't. I don't know that the reliability is there. Also, the recoil. You know, if you're running a 1911 in 22 long. 
that's a big difference than running a twenty or a, a 1911 in 45 ACP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, the recoil is an issue there. So it, it just depends on what you're trying to get out of it. If you're if you're going to a class, uh, I know that you're coming to that class next week, um, where a lot of it's going to be positional shooting and dynamic stuff and and moving and and grooving and all that fun stuff where. We're not really working on the fundamentals of marksmanship, although that should always be there. We're not sitting there doing the whole grip, stance, all that good stuff. We're, we're up and moving and shooting and, all that. And just so everyone knows, I'm the guy in the class that doesn't know the answer, but he's still going to give it his best. Well, you could just be quiet. With, with, with the 22, no, no, is you that... Could. You're right, you could. My no, bad. I can't. Is that is that basically dry firing advanced you don't yeah. muscle yeah. memory. Well, you're, all you're the fundamentals the, apply, right? And you're yeah. feeling the trigger. Picture, you're getting alignment. used to yeah. all of that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, you're not getting the recoil, but you know where that trigger's breaking. You know how it's going to reset. All of that stuff does come into play when you go up to the big boy toys. What well, I've found with the 22 is, is you shoot the 22, you get a lot of the... Uh, you get a lot of the practice in. You get the benefits of shooting the 22 because it, some of it transitions over. And... When you're done shooting the 22, maybe you put a few rounds of the full bore stuff through the 45, the nine, the 556, whatever you're shooting, and maybe you put you know maga two of that through, and now you have you know kind of relearned your muscle memory to the full bore stuff, and oh. it, that way it translates better. Something that that I also personally did is I was running a lot of 45, and 45 is expensive, so I transitioned over to a nine. Now I still shoot 45 quite a bit. Um, nine is is still a respectable caliber, but it's half the price. Literally, is half the price. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you know, on, when I'm at, I'm not paying for my ammo right now, but when I have to, um, I'm usually running a nine because when, when I was young and broke, if I'd have known to buy a nine yeah. instead of a forty-five, I'd have been able to shoot a lot more. Where, right? where does forty fall in that? Is yeah, about halfway. Yeah, yeah. It's, it it's falls in the as, middle. It's never as cheap as nine. Never. No. I've never seen 40 as cheap as Is it as cheaper than 45? Very much so. I've seen it cheaper I, right than 45. Now, I've right seen now it more it expensive. Yeah. I think it just depends on the popularity of the round and if, you do, if you're a savvy shopper. If you're walking into, you know, fill in the blank gun store, you know, it, it can all run about the same. But if you're a savvy shopper, you can get the 9 a lot cheaper than either one of those. And and taking that, that one step further, you know, I know a lot of people that, that reload. I personally have never reloaded um, just, again, because... Usually the ammo comes in on pallets, so not a big, yeah. n- no incentive there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the people that I talk to say that they're using it to save money, but I don't. In the end, I don't know no. how much money they're no. actually saving. Well, if they're doing it because they want at, time away from their wife, <laughs> as, I think it depends on the man cave. Cave. As, yeah. as a reloader, if you're doing it to save money, wrong. You know, reload unless the, you're the, reloading a specialty the, the, specialty the, yeah, caliber. Yeah, if you're a if you're a bullseye shooter, or or you can definitely save money reloading. Or you've got some obscure gun like a Nagant, yeah, and, who and would, you find yeah, out that the silly. brass is the same as thirty two twenty. Yeah, that's silly. Um, yeah, it's silly, and that's why I reload. Well, you're silly. I like yeah. you, but I, it's, it's not to save money. He also draws smiley faces on all of his bullets. Well, he doesn't have to, but he does, and that's the important thing. But can you save money loading, you know, plinking ammo for your forty five? No. I heard he licked each plink, bullet plink, to put DNA on it. I think, that, I, think that you, I think that there is a minimal cost saving. save yeah. some money, but then you have to factor in your time. And what's your time worth? I think for a busy person, maybe it's not worth it. But somebody who sits around watching TV all the time. So the guy that can afford it who's working all the time, the busy guy, yeah. can afford to just go buy ammo. Yeah, go buy some you ammo, man. You either always have one or the other. You either always right. have time. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or you have money, but you never, never have both. Have both. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I think if I had had the reloading setup when I was broke and trying to shoot forty five, I'd have been a lot better off. But uh, you know, I'd probably been a lot better off buying a nine millimeter instead. You know, I know, I know. This is kind of counterintuitive, but uh, probably of all the gear that all four of us have, we could fill a Connex full. Um, and for training on a budget, I would say buy the right piece of gear the first time. And I don't, right. I can't tell you so how many hard times. To do, though. I know, I can't so tell you how many times I've do. bought something and been like, uh, how many, I should have just got the more expensive one. Everybody, and then, you know has, what? That's actually really great that you brought that up because we do plan on doing some gear reviews yes. in the near future, and we're going to have that on Facebook. And if you want to know where that is, where would you go, Scott? To Facebook. Yeah, you well, how, would where you Facebook is. how would you find us? Oh, our Facebook page is www.facebook.com forward slash gun show podcast. We actually have um, we have some teenies underway right now. Yep. And um, we're going to have some videos. We're, I mean, we got some big stuff in the works here. We're going to have think, Petty in front of the camera, yeah. kind of some of these tips that Wait, we're going to be what? talking about. We're on the no, camera. He's, no, hey, don't worry. Alan will not be in front of the camera. Can we fuzz out Petty's face? Because he oh, looks good. For, for operational security, you're, you're going to have up. to blur my face <laughs> yeah. out. For operational security. Security, I'm I'm blurring out his below the waist area. <laughs> well, if we could get him to wear pants, you know, we'd probably be able to record the whole thing. Well, what's what's great about this is, but the new, shirt is looks both good. hey both Scott both of our new co-hosts one doesn't wear pants and the other one doesn't wear a shirt. We get them together, we got a full set of clothes. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm just gonna sit in Alan's lap. <laughs> hey Scott, you were talking to me the other day about a new record. In the sniper world. Yeah, there were some Australians uh, with 50 cals. Good day, uh, mate. That was awful. Don't ever do that. Like that? Put another no, shrimp on the bottom. Like, it sounded like, oh, a, it sounded like one of those that. poorly scripted Outback commercials. <laughs> yeah. Or a Foster's. Come to the Outback and, and try eat some steak. Chicken. Oh, I got a 13-foot shark named Bruce. Stop. Yeah, that's see, too good. That's you can't, better. Yeah, yeah, don't do gross. that. It's too good. It's not pandering. 13 that that's, doesn't insult anyone. That's not a nice. This is a nice. There you go. That's, that's insulting. See? Name Bruce. Foster's. Australian <sighs> for beer. Now, there is some internet, uh, there's some internet uh, traffic over whether or not this was a true record shot. Because the distance was good. 3,078 yards or uh, 215 meters. 2,815 meters. I can't speak. Um, but the thing is, there were two snipers instead of one. They both shot about the same time. It works better that way, by the way. And somebody hit – well, they doubled their chances. And somebody hit this dude and killed him. Do you think they did like rock, paper, scissors to see who was going to get the confirm? You know what? At that distance, how do we know someone didn't shoot him from like 100 yards away? Wait. It could have been it. Where was this at? They would have what, what country of origin? This was in uh, Afghanistan, of course. So they it could have been a camel Taliban spider. leader. This is true. <laughs> they, a 50-caliber camel spider. They could have pressed off the round, and at the same time, yeah, some is. sort of camel spider jumped up and drug him into the ground. You know, like... Well, there is I that. I think that counts. What was the I'm going to go with again? that counts. Yeah. What was the distance? 2,815 meters. I or almost for, did that with for us Americans, one time. No, you didn't. For us Americans, <laughs> 3,078 yards. Okay, so this is an unconfirmed, or it's a confirmed kill between confirmed one of the two. It's a confirmed kill, but they don't know who hit him. Well, so. like in Shooter, why don't they just do a metallurgical match to the bullets that they were shooting? You really need to quit watching television and movies. That's true. 
And and like if if they actually could do it, they would they would take a picture of all the pieces and they would put it back together and they would get a thumbprint. Stop watching CSI. Okay. Where's this guy from? My story is telling the diggers. Not having ever been served in the military, am I not wrong in assuming (laughs) the 50 caliber is an anti-vehicle? Uh, uh, it's, as per, per NATO, no, not a... No, 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 no. No, 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 There's a lot of stuff about, you know, there's a lot of... There's internet. that hoopla that you can only shoot at the belt buckle and yeah. the helmet. You can only shoot at the know. equipment. with. But the M2 has been in use since World War One. So it was a 50. We shoot people with it. Yeah, yeah, 50 okay. caliber sniper rifles. Uh, I forget what the Australians use. Could be Barrett, could be McMillan. Could you imagine, could can you imagine how the, the bullet drop on that... Can you imagine sitting there for five minutes watching it travel the last, air? The last... Got, got him. <laughs> the last record, the one that was before this one, I, I read somewhere where somebody did the ballistics on it. It was an 88-foot drop. What? My word. 88 on, on foot. The, the record that was held before this, I forget the distance. So you point at the sun. Well, yeah, basically. They could dial it in on those. Yeah, there was rifles. one. It was a Canadian guy. He said he had doped his scope all the way out and then placed the guy at the bottom of his scope and then pulled the trigger. So it's kind of amazing that these guys, they must have just been like, okay, he's standing in front of this rock, and I'm going to send it. I, I'm not a distance shooter, so things like this blow my mind. I mean, I... I think at that distance, it, I think really, becomes, the, it really becomes a game of, of luck. Oh, sure. These guys had like a... Five percent chance of hitting this guy, right? At the most. I would say less than that, right? Yeah. Well, they said the Canadian guy had six crosswinds, most likely affecting his round in the travel was in it, the distance. It was traveled. it a one shot, or did he dial it in? Uh, as far as I know, these guys shot at the same time, so I think they. I think it was just kind of a one shot thing. Then and then the thirty minute truck ride just to drive out there to see yeah. the confirmation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a Barrett M82A1 50 BMG from Australia for sure, and these guys were in the Australian Second Commando Regiment. Man, you know Grunky. Barrett is happy That's, about that. What is it? The someone who whoever held it, the British guy before him. There was another one after the Canadian, and he was in Her Majesty's like battalion group or something. Uh, Household Cavalry Lifeguards, I believe what it was, and he shot him with a 338 Lapua well, at. Who? Uh, I want to say it was uh, 2,700 yards. That's a mile, right? That's about a that's mile. That's a long ways. <laughs> and uh, that's he shot him with the standard British uh, L-115A3 rifle. Which is a pretty nice rifle. Oh, yeah. I'd like to shoot one. I've never, yeah. Those. That's a yeah. nice rifle. I like the Lapua. That's that's awesome. That's a nice round. That's a nice round. The uh, you know it was it was I think it was the only round pretty much invented for shooting people a long ways off. Shytech had a round, right? Yeah, they went out of business. Shytech had a round, right? <laughs> yes, they did. Okay, uh, they're no longer in business, I hear. Yeah, but I know that they true. had a round that was designed specifically for shooting people at a distance. Wow, I didn't know they had. Uh, Wikipedia actually lists Rob Furlong's bullet. He actually shot him at. Uh, 2,657 yards. He had a McMillan Tac 50. I knew that. I didn't know he shot him with a Hornady Amax bullet. That's impressive. And, uh, of course, he's in Princess Patricia's Canadian Life that Infantry. Was, That's the one that, you're thinking yeah, of. Princess that was Patricia. PP. That's a horrible name for a really badass group of guys. Right. Yeah, that's very misleading. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't mess with those guys. 
was it the critical duty or critical defense or neither neither alan's all spun it up was because the there is it was z-max is z-max was. i yeah. got alan all spun up on the critical defense because i said alan what do you got in your kimber and he said, "That wasn't hard. Was I'm it? Dirt. it hurt. I got dirt. I got dirt. My Kimber. Well, toilet water right now, but no. He I got said, pointless lead and powder and brass. He said, "I've got Kimber critical defense. I'm sorry, Hornady. Right now, my finger. Yeah, that's I what failed. I have. It. I failed that. Hornady critical defense. And I said, "Why do you carry that bullet? It's a horrible bullet." He says, "Well, Hornady, blah blah blah." And I said, "Look, denim. Hornady specifically says this stuff is not made to work through." Uh, barriers, so walls, car doors, glass, those things. It doesn't do a real good job on. There, are, there are lots of rounds that do a much better job. And I tried to point that out to him, and he really wasn't hearing that. I'm like, okay, okay. He's, he's hard headed sometimes, well, which is fine. It's not like critical defense is bad. Shot placement is more important, but it's still not the best ammo you can put in your gun, which I always advise that you do. So then, Hornady came out with a critical duty. Which and is I, like what uh, depleted uranium no, no. or something like that? It's no. critical defense. I think it's been bonded or it's been reworked so it actually does work through barriers. And I said, Alan, they came out with a bullet that said was for duty. Like the critical defense wasn't good enough for duty, so we had to go with duty ammo, and now we have it. My, that's my what faith, Alan had to we duty to duty ammo. Yeah, my, my, duty, faith, duty, duty. my faith was rattled at that point. But the Z-Max, that was it. I actually saw that him was stand up and the, the, throw his ballistic books book across the room and scream. Was he tearing his shirt off that. while while he was that where his shirt, shirt went? No, yeah, that's he wasn't wearing. He turned green. <laughs> Every my foundation. I shot him with Z-Max, and then he was down. My, which has a cool box. It does. Yeah, very, it does. I'd, I'd like to get maybe something cheap with the cool box. My foundation was pulled out from under me. You know what the. Oddly enough, in Z Max, the ammo, it's usually just gimmicky. It's green instead of red. You know, it's usually A Max or something, critical defense, critical duty, whatever. Right. With the green tip instead of the red. In 762 by 39, it's actually pretty good ammo. Oh, yeah. It's the SST round, which is bonded or semi bonded. Anyways, it makes, it does good ballistically, which is, uh, you know, it's, so it's not gimmicky in uh, 760 by 39. I like the law enforcement only ammo. Right, Alan? Well, that was the well, why would, why critical would... defense. or which No, duty. duty. Duty is supposed to be for law enforcement only. No, they sell that. Supposedly. Anyway. I mean, that's nah. that's what they say. Does it say on the box? Because that's, yeah. that's what Alan got all worked up about. Well, why? People that don't know then the Alan should never use a cult for why government it, use only. Why is it good enough for law enforcement but not... For yeah, that Joe was, Schmo. That was the point. They had did, their point. defensive ammunition, and they were saying, hey, this is what you guys need to buy. This is what you need to put in your defensive guns. And they're like, okay, okay. And they said, all right, now you cops, you don't, don't buy that defensive ammo. Here's the ammo you guys need. The good stuff. The well, good I think stuff. it's a ploy. So, we're so going to give like all hide of... behind your car door when they shoot at you and then shoot through your car door and shoot them. Somebody pointed out. It's a ploy out the... so that only the cops have the good ammo. <laughs> Everyone else. I don't think that's true. I think they definitely want to sell ammo to law enforcement agencies. Just wait, wait till theory. you get Hornady Critical UN. 
Well, the, and I don't want to bag on Hornady ammo. Hornady makes some it's good great stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, no, we're not we're like not this putting it down. Killed the dude at twenty six hundred plus yards. That's ridiculous. It, it was the shooter, but you know it's good <laughs> ammo regardless. And I've shot a lot of Hornady, and I know that I know that they have that steel cased match, and that stuff's really good. I shot I price, shot yes. a metric ton of that at Shot Show last year. I was shooting it out of an AR, and I mean I was popping steel at four hundred yards repeated. And we love and over Hornady. Over. Uh, I have a cousin who reloads and he swears by Hornady because they make some really good bullets. The, the the point is of the conversation that Alan gets all worked up when something says law enforcement only on it. I do. Why why should it just be for them? But we've told you what that is badge my... is not legal and it never really <laughs> meant that you were law enforcement. <laughs> what? That's what we keep trying to tell what you. What is mine less than lethal? The Citizens Police Academy. <laughs> I got less Alan, than lethal critical defense. Was yeah. it Civil Patrol? Was that the <laughs> Citizens Patrol? Citizens Patrol. Weekend Warrior. That doesn't really work. Hey, hey, hey. watch that Weekend Warrior talk. Yeah, he is a oh, Weekend Warrior. I got, right. I got duty this weekend. That's so. right. Oh, the Fu Manchu's <laughs> gone. Oh, it's going to be real bad. I have to shave oh, off the Fu Manchu. I still think you need to do a reverse Hitler mustache. and just say it doesn't grow right there. 